But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote Welcome to Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Day, and my co-host, Webb, is not present on today's show. You were just listening to the sounds of John Rivers, a guy I went to high school with, who has granted us permission to use his track title, All In, as our theme. John, we appreciate you and wish you the best in whatever you're doing in life. If you are joining us for the first time today, hold on to your seatbelts because we are bringing you some of the most uncomfortable takes today in sports. We thank you for listening and submitting your questions, and as promised, we will answer your questions. Here at Feel the Heat, we back up our takes with facts and numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs it up with facts. Feel free to send us questions or topics that you would like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message without any further delay we're going to jump into today's business as we discussed the NCAA scores last week we think about the upsets Boise State made it made its largest comeback in school history to beat Florida State last week 36 to 31 they put up 621 yards of offense against Florida State which is not easy, but it's similar to what UCF did to FAMU last week, putting up nearly 700 yards of offense. Boise State remained persistent in their efforts to come back and win the game, and that's what they did. For Florida State, I'm not sure if, if it's a continuing down spiral of their season last year as they went in 5-7, and seven, but they have to get it together if they want to make a run for the ACC championship. It's not going to be easy. They have a tough schedule. And we will see if they'll bounce back this week. The bigger upset was Georgia State, who went into Knoxville, Tennessee, and completely destroyed Tennessee. For Georgia State to beat Tennessee the way they did was everything to them. It will be something they will remember for a long time. For Tennessee, it was a complete humiliation. You basically paid... Georgia State $950,000 and dared them to come to your home, your home opener, your season opener, and beat you. And that's exactly what they did. They took on the dare, they took on the challenge, and they said, hey, we beat you at home and we got paid to do it. And this was no fluke by Georgia State. They completely looked like the SEC team while Tennessee looked like the lesser. They dominated Tennessee from the second quarter and started and, and since the second quarter started and they won the game 38 to 30, which it was never that close. Tennessee just scored in the closing seconds of the game to make it appear that the game was closer than what it really was. We also look at the return of Jalen Hurts and his performance. He had three passing touchdowns for a total of 332 yards, three rushing touchdowns for a total of 176 yards, six 
total touchdowns against Houston. Just a, co- a completely dominating performance as he led the Sooners to a 49-31 to victory over Houston. If Jalen Hurts continues to play this well, going on through the season, to the end of the season, he will be the 2019 Heisman winner. And that will make three Heisman winners in a row. They were all transfers for Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts reminded everyone that he is that deal. Just absolutely phenomenal, mind-blowing performance. He still got it. That's all I have to say. Stay tuned because on Friday, we will announce our highlight games of the week. Breaking news for the NFL. Clowney is now a Seahawk. If you haven't known that, now you know. It's a win for Seattle, obviously. But what the Texans accepted for him, it doesn't even work in Madden. A future third rounder? And Jacob Martin? Like, are you serious? That's all you could get for him? That's all you would take? You didn't demand more? I mean, these are the questions that the Texans fans and the players should be asking the owners. I don't get this trade, but then again, I guess that's why I do not own a team. Congratulations are due for Zeke as he has just completed and signed a six-year deal worth $90 million, which $50 million, roughly $50 million is guaranteed. Congrats to Zeke. For those who follow my fantasy football articles via Dynasty Football Factory, I told you weeks ago, Jerry Jones would get this deal done and there was no risk in drafting Zeke. He was a safe draft pick. And if you drafted him in redraft or you own him in dynasty and you didn't trade him, congratulations. You have one of the best backs in the league. And there's just no way that Jerry Jones was going to let a top five back leave for nothing. Are the Dolphins tanking? I mean, the coach says they aren't tanking, but it sure looks that way to me. But the better statement is, The Dolphins have been tanking since Marino retired. I mean, they haven't been great. They haven't been a top team in in years. So tanking seems to be the theme for the Dolphins. I'm really not sure what they thought they were doing by getting rid of Steels and sending him to Houston. And giving Houston the offensive lineman that they wanted. But for Stills, he is a safety net if Fuller or QT isn't healthy. He would give them another receiving option. But right now, I still don't see Kenny Stills having a higher value than a wide receiver four option. I mean, I could be wrong. Week one starts Thursday night as the NFL opens up their 100th season with the Bears with the Bears versus the Packers. Excuse me. I think the Bears have the edge, but I like the Packers to win by a touchdown. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, he will push them to win the game. If he is really healthy, I mean, I know there are reports saying that he's the healthiest he's been in two seasons. But if he's not 100%, the Packers will lose. 
But if he's 100%, I believe the Packers will find the will to win the game. However, the Packers must be aware of how great the Bears defense was last year. They're one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. Not my favorite, but some other experts' favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And also, it's the return of the Mac. Khalil Mack, that is. He will be in full force, and he'll be looking to sack the quarterback as much as he can, which we've seen him do a lot of last season. Force fumbles, force uh, terrible plays. So the Packers, they have to be on their A game. So do the Bears. It's going to be a good game, and what a, what a game, what a matchup to start off the 100th season of the NFL. We go to our questions, and Big Heck from New Orleans says, he thinks that Saquon Barkley can be similar to Barry Sanders. What is our take? Well, Big Heck, I say this to you. Yes, Saquon emulates Barry Sanders with his elusiveness, agility, and playmaking ability. Saquon is by far the best running, running back prospect we have seen. And like Sanders, Saquon plays for a below-average football team. I mean, I hate to break it to you. I know you're a Giants fan, but that's the truth. The Giants are probably not going to the Super Bowl, and they may miss the playoffs, but that doesn't dismiss how great Saquon is. However, there will never be another Barry Sanders. Moving forward to the NBA. Got breaking news for you. Wilson Chandler has been suspended for PED use. And I don't think that the use of PEDs is as big in the NBA as other organizations like the MLB and track and field. But is it possible that the use of PEDs is a bigger problem in the NBA than people realize or are paying attention to. For example, athletes that suffer injuries constantly, are they using PEDs to get their bodies back in top shape so that they can compete and and make their money? I mean, Wilson Chandler is an athlete that has suffered numerous injuries since being drafted. And over the last five or six seasons, There's been three or four guys to test positive for him. So like I said, in a broad scope, it is not a big problem in the NBA. But it could be a problem. I'm just saying that he's probably not taking them purposely. But maybe it's something that the NBA needs to look more in depth to to prevent it from happening in the future. I mean, who's to say that other athletes haven't done it and just haven't been caught? I know they have their random testing and things of that sort, but it's like, how do you prevent it from happening? Wilson Chandler claims that he didn't know that the medicine he was taking was illegal for him to use, but it's like, you have to know. You play in the NBA. I'm pretty sure they give you a list of stuff that you can't use. You have a doctor And I'm pretty sure he knows. So I think there's a little bit more that relies 
on the NBA, the NBA PA to go ahead and educate these guys on what they can and can't use when they're rehabbing and nursing an injury. Then we won't have these type of problems. One of our listeners from Romeo, Michigan had the following question. Hey, what up, Dave? Uh, I just wanted to tune in. It's Heck T calling. I had a real good question. I'm sitting around with the fellas. I just wanted to know, can you name seven point guards in the NBA today that are better than Chris Paul? I would love to hear you guys debate that. Once again, just seven, maybe eight point guards that are better than Chris Paul in the league. And another thing I want to know is, can Chris Paul make the Lakers better if he were to be there and not Rondo? All right. All right, Heck T, thanks for submitting that question. Let me answer it for you. So you want me to name seven point guards, seven or eight, better than Chris Paul. And to be clear, we're not talking about overall their career, just right now in this moment. And then you want me to answer, can Chris Paul help the Lakers? So for your second part of your question, I'm going to refer you back to episodes two and three. And this has been discussed numerous of times. It's not even fair to fathom or think about Chris Paul being a Laker because he will not be a Laker this year, next year, or the following. His contract is way too much. So in order to answer your first question in no particular order, yes, I can name seven point guards better than Chris Paul right now. Matter of fact, I'll give you nine. You got James Harden, who has been playing point guard until the arrival of CP3. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kimball Walker, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Michael Conley, who's extremely underrated for what he does for his teams and had one of the best seasons last season. Then you add in Ben Simmons. He's a better athlete than Chris Paul. He's not a better shooter, but he's a more efficient scorer because he takes smarter shots. Like, yes, he gets to the bucket. He doesn't really shoot the threes. He doesn't have a mid-range game, but I would take him over Chris Paul right now if I'm building the team or looking to extend my championship caliber team. I would take him. If I was the Lakers and I had a pick over Chris Paul and Ben Simmons, I would take him. You also have to consider that he's a better defensive player than CP3. Whenever Ben Simmons is asked to guard someone on a perimeter, he holds them to 29% shooting. And that's pretty darn good. And then I'll add in also D'Angelo Russell. Now, D'Angelo Russell had a really great season last year. Really great season. I like him better. I would pick him over Chris Paul because he played 81 games. He only missed one. Chris Paul played 58 games last year. He played more minutes than D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell averaged more points. He's a better uh, field goal percentage shooter. He's a better three-point shooter. 
He shoots the three-point at 37.9%. And Chris Paul shoots it a little bit under 34%. And he averages less turnovers per game. So those are my nine guys that I would choose over Chris Paul. You can argue what you would like, but that's the answer that you're getting today. Moving forward, Kobe Bryant on on load management says... He doesn't understand what the hell load management is. And he wasn't ducking anyone when it came time to play. And this is what separates him from the others. He took no nights off. You don't win championships just by playing great when you feel well. But when you play through pain, injuries, adversity, when you play with weakened rosters, that's what builds champions, that's what builds legends. And I think that was a message to all these guys out here. Like, I think Kawhi Leonard has it in his contract that he could take off so many games for load management. He said, it's just not fair that you got all these people who work hard for their money. They're coming to your city or you're coming to their city and they're paying to see you play just for you to sit out. He said, it's bullcrap. And I agree. Is Melo a good fit for Brooklyn? I think if he's willing to accept the role off the bench, I believe he could be a good fit, especially since Brooklyn is expected to be without Kevin Durant the majority of the season. I mean, he definitely gives Brooklyn another scoring option. I'm just not sure that Brooklyn is really considering him. Is it just rumors because, you know... Melo has been working out in Brooklyn and he's been seen with Kyrie and other uh, players from the Brooklyn Nets. But you have to take into consideration that Melo also lives in New York. That He's always been working out at those places. So we will see. Maybe Melo will be a Brooklyn Net. Maybe he'll get his second stint in New York. Maybe this one will be better. Maybe he'll get to a finals this year if he's with Brooklyn. It's all possibilities. But there's nothing that's really set in stone for Melo right now. Michael from Miami says, this question is for Webb. Well, unfortunately for you, Michael, Webb is not here. So I will do my best to answer this question. Michael says, will Team USA win gold in the FIBA tournament? And to me, it's looking like it would only get tougher for Team USA. They don't really have any superstars on their team. They have really good players. They have really good athletes. But there's no Kobe. There's no Melo. No Bron. No Curry. There's no real big man. I mean, you have Evan, uh, you have uh, Miles Turner. But there's really no solid piece where you can say, well, man, they, they got Kobe or... They got LeBron. They got AD. Who's going to stop them? There's really nothing like that. They have a bunch of great athletes that are freakishly athletic. So they could win the gold, but eh, they are really struggling right now. If you haven't been watching them, Team USA is really struggling. Moving forward, we got a new category this week. This question is from Ravon from Detroit. And she says, how should the MLB handle PEDs in regards to the Hall of Fame? And will Pete Rose ever be 
reinstated. My thoughts are this. If a player tests positive for PEDs at any time in his career, he should be suspended and banned from the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. I mean, if do you think it's fair to go out and train and do everything you're supposed to do as an athlete and put out your best performance? All to get beat by a guy who's taking steroids? Do you really think it's fair for him to go into the Hall of Fame and you miss going into the Hall of Fame because he was on steroids? I mean, if you get caught in the beginning of your career, in the middle of your career, or at the end of your career, nothing you have done in your career or will do is ever going to be solid. It's always going to be questioned. You have tainted your career. So, like I said, they just need to be suspended and banned from the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. They should be ineligible. Athletes need to learn to stay true to the game and stay true to the hard work that it takes to become great. Success is not given overnight, and the problem with PEDs is it makes the game flawed. No one knows exactly when you started using them. So now your game is flawed, your game is flawed, and not only does it affect you, it affects your teammates. It affects your agency that represents you. It it reflects the franchise that owns you. So that's my response to that whole thing with the MLB and how they handle steroids. I know it's tough because people are like, well, what if, you know, he did stop using steroids, but we just don't know. As far as Pete Rose goes, as long as Pete Rose is still gambling on baseball, which there's been reports that he does all the time in Vegas, he will never be reinstated. And I'm not sure that he even cares to be reinstated to become a Hall of Famer, because if he did, then, you know, there wouldn't be those reports that he's out there still gambling on baseball and and risking everything. So to me, it's obvious that he must have moved on from being in the Hall of Fame, from it even being a possibility for him, for him to even continue to gamble. So that does it for today. Um, thank you for joining Feel the Heat. Like I said, I was I was without Webb today, um, so it really didn't get as heated or intense as it usually gets. But I'm pretty sure, especially with the Chris Paul argument and maybe with the Barry Sanders analysis um, and and Saquon Barkley, I might have gotten some of you heated. On Friday, we will give you our NCAA football highlight games of the week and also our opening season for the NFL games of the week. In the meantime, send in your questions or any topics that you would like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash fill the heat forward slash message. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash fill the heat forward slash message once again i'm your host i'm your host day my co-host web was not here you just listen to fill the heat see you on friday